Welcome to the Present and Sober podcast with your hosts, Sam Goldfinch and Ellie Crow. If you want to make your life bigger, not smaller, then this is the podcast for you. If you can sense that you're destined for more and you're curious about how drinking could be holding you back, listen in and come on this journey with us. Through the interplay of mind and body practices, we will help you elevate your daily life and discover the wonder and potential of going alcohol free. Let's make life bigger together. Happy Tuesday, lovely people. We are so excited for today's episode because it's about habits. And this is long awaited, a lot of requests for this. It's kind of gonna be like three parts. So we're gonna dive into kind of like a a sort of zoomed out um, view at habits today. We're gonna look at some habits that may really serve you um, in the second episode. And then we're gonna look at how to kind of like maintain them, work on them, practice them so they become habitual, right? And on the journey to alcohol freedom or taking our power back from alcohol, this is a massive piece of the pie, right? That a lot of us either don't pay enough attention to or we kind of work on the mind stuff and our thought systems, but actually having habits that serve us and support us as part of the tapestry of this beautiful bigger life that we're creating is just hugely, hugely important. And if we don't do that, a lot of the kind of feelings that we used to want when we were reaching for alcohol, we have haven't positively uh, replaced them with something that provides that to us, be it connection um, or whatever it is that we kind of believed that alcohol used to give us or gives us. Okay, so that was it really, just a little framing. We love this. Um, There's loads of cool ideas in here, loads of tactics, so we're excited to go on on the ride with you. Um, And yeah, awesome. Here we go. Okay, here we are. Right, we've been super excited for this one, haven't we, Ellie? Um, habits right we're going to talk about habits today and it's something that comes up a lot um you know quite people are always asking you know how on earth do i make them what what habits should i be you know introducing to my life and i think there are a lot of things that seem intuitive again with all of this stuff and it's like forming habits can be joyful but it's um we have to practice it and it's and it's important because if we don't have the right mindset about setting the intention and following through and practicing those habits um then they don't just form themselves. Mm. Um, and, I, and I often think there's this idea, lots of people sort of say to me, oh, well, you know, some people it's just, it's easier for them to form habits and for others it's really difficult. And there may be some truth in that depending on personality traits, et cetera. But everybody has to be intentional. Everyone mm. has to be intentional here. Um, yeah. What's, what, what comes to you when we think about habits? This is the territory of true self-care so Mm. all of the the things we when we talked to Megan Brooks in one of our guest episodes a little while ago she was talking about the work being the joy Mm -hmm. and often I think a lot of these things can at first appearance (laughs) seem like a lot of work and you have like the Annie calls it the pity party I don't want to bloody do all of that um, it's it's the things that that we uh, I think know are generally good for us, healthy habits, nourishing habits, but the the things that you don't automatically reach out for in the same way as you can reach out for a glass of wine or, or a, a chocolate bar, a massive Toblerone. Love it. <laughs> Yeah. And it, and that's very much kind of like short-term versus long-term gratification and going on the journey of, 
us catching up with ourselves, us catching up with the things that are really good for us. And it takes a little bit of time and it takes a little bit of a leap of faith in being like the good farmer planting the seeds. But when they do, when we do catch up and when we are feeling the benefits of those things that feed us and nourish us, then we're just in this whole other reality where, you know, going to get, maybe it's going to the gym it actually feels good. We're like, wow, yes, I'm enjoying going to the gym. Bloody hell. That was hard work for a few weeks, but now I'm in this amazing space. Mm. Um, and it's, yeah, sorry, Sam, I was just going to say it's, it, it's often difficult to get started because mm. if it, it feels like an uphill struggle and often people are so particularly why we're talking about coming from a situation where you are drinking mm-hmm. You're often so disconnected from yourself. Certainly that's how I felt. I didn't really know what I wanted. I didn't really know what I needed, what my Mm -hmm. nervous system was crying out for. And quite often in the early days, it's about variety. You need to try lots and lots of different things to work out what feels good. And so this is, this is all about feeling. And so the first thing is that you kind of need to start, you know, feeling your body and feeling what it's like to be in your body and, tuning in um it's I, I don't really know how to how to describe to to, to do that I was just thinking how, how, how else can I just sit down do and that? feel yourself just, just feel yourself <laughs> but essentially like if you think about it we we drink to feel a certain kind of way and and usually people fall into I think one of two categories I'd be interested in your opinion on this Sam usually I think people either drink like I did because they want they want to push the brake pedal. They want to slow down. They want to slow down the racing mind and all of the thoughts and mm-hmm. the busyness and the overwhelm and the anxiety. You want to kind of escape and check out of that. Or people fall into the category where they're looking for a pick-me-up. They want to amp themselves up. They want to put their foot on the accelerator. They want to mobilize. They want to get going. They want to activate. They, 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 they want to come out of a less mobilized state into activity, action, doing something. So I suppose people that, that, that would, um, uh, so, you know, when people say that they drink because they're bored yeah. or they're drinking for fun, they're drinking for excitement, for adventure, that, that sort of thing. So I think that's just my opinion of, I think how people, what people are looking for, but ultimately it's because you want to feel a certain kind of way. So if you remove alcohol and you are no longer wanting to drink, you, you don't want to moderate anymore, you, 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 you're done with that, then you're still going to have that need to feel a certain kind of way. So it's yeah. tuning into that and understanding what that feels like. And it's, you know, we've talked about cravings and triggers on this podcast. So it's about feeling the discomfort and tuning into what your body's really asking for. And then trying out lots of different things to work out what moves the dial. So yeah. when you try these things, again, it's, the important thing is, well, how do you feel? It's not about doing it just to, as Jolene Park told us in our training, it's not just doing it to get the gold star, right? It's mm. doing it because it bloody well feels good. And to your point, it's not always in the moment. Usually you, you will get some pleasure in the moment. But as your brain chemistry resettles post-alcohol and you get back to releasing normal levels of neurotransmitters like dopamine, it's it's more about the delayed gratification and mm-hmm. the, the longer-term benefit. Yeah, and I mean, it's that tuning in. 
So yeah, I feel like I used alcohol for all those different reasons. And I think this is, we give alcohol incredible powers. We like, we sit with something that can help us sleep, something that can help us pick us up, something that can help us chill out, something that can help us socialize. And it's like, actually, what are we bringing to it? What am I expecting alcohol to give me? Because mm. if I said to you that I've, oh, I've got this, I've got this drug and it does all of those things. You'd be like, yeah, right. Okay. Jog on. Like that's just not going to work. So it's very much, what do we need? What are we expecting? What do we bring into the table? And as we tune in and dial into that, um, you know, this is that whole thing of like kind of related to the craving thing earlier of like, well, am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired, halt? Like, what do I really need? And like, that's the same thing with, and, and I was talking to, um, a coaching client of mine today. It's really interesting. Um, he was noticing that the things that he was using for friction to help him not drink in the early days, he was like, Oh yeah. Wow. Those are the things that I'm now leaning into that are really I fulfilling me that I want to mm. like form as positive habits because they are there. They worked because they were fulfilling the need. Like mm. they actually gave me what I needed at the time and they're going to continue to do that. And, and they're going to grow and evolve with me as I do. Um, and like, the, yeah, the last thing, an analogy that I'd like to really share with any of this stuff is like, this is a bit like launching a rocket. I always think it's kind of like there's that energy at the beginning, like it's the commitment, it's the testing, the experimenting, we put the energy in. And then when we get that habit that t- that like launches and like we've caught up, then we're kind of in orbit. And then it's like maintenance. And it's much easier to stay fit than it is to get fit. We've all experienced that. Um, so yeah, it's really worth experimentation. The stuff that you're talking about, Ellie, and just you know, having a go um, and not just expecting everything to just be like, to like light us up instantly, like the very first time we do it, although some things do, mm. um, but experimenting and giving it a go for a week or two, having a go at that class or yeah. having a go at that. Right. So I don't know if you've got anything that, that really stands out. Um, oh, yeah. oh yeah. I mean, in, in experimental mode for sure. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'll, I'll say this to, I'll say, I'll send it to a client just earlier on today. Like, just try it. What have you got to, what have you got to lose? Mm. And I don't just mean for one day, but I mean, every day this next week, until you talk to me again, or uh, where, where we've got clients that are talking to us um, daily through, you know, what, whatever the different connections are that we use, check in and let me know how it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, but do it every single day. I mean, this is one of the reasons why one-to-one coaching can be so helpful because not only have you got the accountability, you've got somebody to check in with every day for the accountability. Mm-hmm. I have done this thing, but also you've got the person to, to share the experience with. It went really well. It was amazing. It felt great. Or oh, actually it just felt a bit, Meh. and well, don't do that one again. Try this one. And, and part of our job as a coach is to provide offerings of all of the different things that you can try. So this podcast today, well, this will end up being two episodes because we want to talk about two different things. We want to talk about the what's or what are the things, mm-hmm. what are these magical things to try? And then we'll do a second episode, which will talk more specifically about how, because often the second question people will ask me is, well, how the hell do I fit this in? How the hell do I make it a habit? How the hell do I get it to make, how the hell do I get it to stick when I'm not motivated to? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the second, the second bit that we'll come to. But experimenting is seeing as an experiment, going in with the kind of curiosity that I went into the alcohol experiment with. It's like, well, I'll, I'll give it a go and I'll see what happens because what have you got to lose? And if you find something that really lights you up, it can change your life. 
And so one little example for me was like anybody that knows me, despite me being a, in a northerner. Are you? Um, I am. I'm a, I'm a bit of a northerner. I was like, well, Shame you're, you're, a, you're a southerner turned northerner. Well, yeah, exactly. We've, 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 we've done that thing, haven't we? We've kind of swapped locations. I've moved to the dark side. Perhaps You've I moved been... from the dark side. Probably moved from the dark yeah. side. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny, though, how I'm in your original location and you're oop north? Yeah. Um, anyhow, so as a northerner, northerners for, for our lovely US listeners, the northerners from the UK are well known for their people that talk funny. To, uh, we talk funny. Um, <laughs> We talk funny and think funny, um, and we think funny, and we we don't smell feel... funny. No, you don't smell funny. <laughs> Leave it. <out>. Yeah, <laughs> oh no, that's no. Cockney. Anyway, um, we we don't feel the cold allegedly. Well, I've been down south for so long now. I do feel the cold, and anybody that knows me knows I hate feeling cold. <laughs> so, what is the one practice that you would never ever expect Miss Ellie Crow to absolutely? Oh, I know what this is going to be. Love. Somebody, somebody that we trained with actually said, uh, I've been doing this uh, Wim Hof thing and, uh, and it's amazing. And, uh, and anybody that hasn't looked into Wim Hof, he's got a wonderful website. He's got a really great app. Um, but he, his, his practice is about three things. It's about mindset. It's about a specific breathwork technique and it's about cold water therapy. And so she was telling me initially about the breath work. She was saying, I can't believe I can hold my breath for so long. I can hold my breath for over three minutes. Well, that stoked the, um, the, <laughs> the competitive side of me. Right, I'm going to give this a go. Um, and, and as you have some, I've done a lot of pranayama in my time, but I've never done anything that made me feel quite like that did. So um, I started practicing Wim Hof breath work and it was amazing. But the other part of it, I remember thinking distinctly, there is no fucking way I want to be getting in a cold shower every day. Why on earth would I want to do that? I hate being cold. And uh, this, this whole thing about positive mindset, I, I, I just had this curiosity of, well, you know, it's not going to kill me, is it? So what, you know, what's the worst that can happen? I feel a bit chilly. So I gave it a go. Well, I've been having cold showers every single day ever since because mm. it's bloody amazing. It makes me feel unbelievable. And, and, and there are a whole host of other benefits behind it aside from that. But this is what I'm talking about around the visceral, like what, what does it feel like? Because if you can start stacking some of these habits that make you feel good, and, the, and, and we'll talk about this in episode two, but it's like how you how you use certain things, because there'll be things that will make you feel good in the moment. And there'll be other things that have more of a cumulative um, benefit mm-hmm. over time. Uh, and there'll be things that you might want to do at the beginning part of the day that you wouldn't dream of doing at the end of the day and vice versa. There are things that you might want to do at the middle of the day when you need a bit of a pick me up. And, and this is where it gets very um, it's very subjective depending on, you know, your, your own experience and your own lifestyle and the different things that you've got going on. Um, but that was just one example for me of trying something that I had no inclination whatsoever <laughs> of doing. And I can say that it has changed my life in, in terms of the benefit that I've reaped from it. Yeah. I mean, I was Wim Hofing before we 
did Jolene's stuff and it's just been there for me for, and I had a similar reaction with to, to you, Ellie. And mm. yeah. Have you got in the old, uh, have you properly got in the ice bath yet? I was supposed to be in it. Um, it was supposed to be in like February and then it got, because of bloody COVID got moved to September and then it got canceled. I was supposed to meet Mr. Wim. He's so um, he's great. Uh, yeah. Well, this is the thing I'm, I'm solely tempted to, I would love to potentially train with him because I just like, as you know, when you look to your teachers, I mean, he's just awesome. So I have not been in full ice bath yet, but I um, I'm in that um, category of when it, when I can do it safely with young kiddies around, I would definitely install one in the garden mm. for sure. And you know, a lot of this stuff is like completely free. So like on his app, he's got the challenges that are free that you can go mm. and have a go at. And, you know, when it comes to breath work, um, you know, there's loads of stuff out there. If you just go and search up certain things on um, on YouTube or whatever, and, you know, just there's amazing stuff out there for free. And um, so you can mm-hmm. figure out whether you like this stuff without a huge investment other than you investing your time. And you get so yeah. much stuff back from this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Just recently for me, so I, it's mad how quickly this has happened, but um, I've been intending on going bouldering for years, right? So kind of like rock climbing without a harness, um, and that indoors so you know you build up to doing it outside and there's mats to catch you and all the rest of it so but it's um it's amazing and I kind of always sensed it was going to be for me I was like yeah you know in the caveman get up the wall um and uh you know problem solving in the moment and I had these ideas that it would be good for me and when I got there the the sort of a little while ago now but I was just like oh man like this is amazing like why have I not been doing this and I really quickly within like because I'm so in tune with who I am now and what lights me up what my values are I kind of knew right there's going to be like fitness here like to me it's really important to do some fitness that gets you out of your normal chains of movement so like if we're running and doing like you know doing that kind of stuff is you know you're you're pushing your body in different ways and you have to adapt with mobility and flexibility and I'm all about that I love my calisthenics works and stuff um there's also problem solving in there. You know, there's strength, there's tactics, there's thinking. And also there's, there's massive community down there. You know, yeah. so me and me and Rob haven't built a community um, in the way that we'd like to quite yet in Liverpool because of COVID and everything. And we moved here just before everything um, locked down. Um, but I'm just like sitting in the cafe and doing, you know, you know, going there early, doing a bit of work going in. So it's got that element as well. Mm. And it's like this little hub of activity. And I, I absolutely love going there. I absolutely love it. But to someone else, it would be an absolute nightmare. <laughs> yeah. um, they're like, what? No, thanks. I mean, I've got calluses all over my hands. My fingers are bleeding. But I kind of I kind of like that. I'm like, yeah, like I feel like I'm, I'm working for it. And I've become a right little climber. Robin's laughing at me because I get like this. I, I go deep. I'm not very good. Yeah, at, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm exactly you know, like dipping that. Dipping my toes in. Can I ask whether you've got a um, a little slice of cheese at the top to uh, tempt you? <laughs> to tempt me. Don't tempt even. I don't even need it. Don't even need it. No, there's enough in there. They've got these so little much. coloured runs. You start on like the grey ones. You go to the green and the orange, and you go up. And that kind of stuff to me is like, oh yeah, wow. When am I going to get on a white? Wow. When am I going to get on a this? And I like the bricola. I think the word bricolage is like all the stuff that goes with the culture, right? So like all the you know the shoes and the and the and like you know even like the the fashion, the the apparel or whatever, like the the climbing stuff is me. It's like whoa, yeah. I love this stuff. It's cool. Um, so when you find something like that that you connect with, it can quite literally, like you've said, Ellie, Ellie, change your life. Can I ask you how you found bouldering then? It, I'd always, 
or it it always been on my radar mm. because I've always been into kind of like body weight stuff um and fitness wise and a few people had mentioned it to me and I've been like, oh yeah, I'll do that sometime. And and the thing is I haven't had a car or anything and it's like a bit of a pain in the ass to get to the center. Um, mm. And recently me and Rob, we, we got a car because we were like, right, I think it's time to, and I haven't had one since I was like 18 and I have always used public transport. But I was like, do you know what? It's actually stopping us from going out into nature, ironically. And I'd always been like, I don't want to get a car, but, but we've actually yeah, committed yeah, yeah. to using yeah. it for that. And it's been massive. So that's the other reason that we went up there. Um, yeah, I just stumbled across it. I think my brother had mentioned that he'd done it at some point. And um, I knew the moment I stepped in, I had a sense of it. I was like, mm. Mm, yeah, this is the and, right place. And about, so my reason for asking that is because I think often we have to, we have to be open to receiving stuff. Mm. So you can hear things lots of times. But I, I can remember being in the throes of moderation and... Though, like my yoga practice endured, like I, I always went to my yoga classes and I always practiced uh, meditation and things at home. Um, but there were certain things that I wouldn't have pushed myself out of my comfort zone to go and do. Mm-hmm. So if um, uh, if bouldering had have come up and been on your radar as a drinker, do you think that you would have tried it? Yeah, I think I might have done. I was a sort of, so when I was even when I was in the throes of so the last two or so years of my drinking were like incredibly heavy periods of two or three months of drinking um and then like two or three months off mm. um and I would like wrote I would like it was one or the other um yeah. because I would I actually would get to this point of being like it sounds crazy to say but I would like I would drink to a point where it was bad enough that I had to stop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I now realise that that's not necessarily the best way to go about it. But at the time, that was the tool that I was using. Mm-hmm. And then it would yo-yo. So I would then go like really clean for like three, three by clean. I mean, like, you know, going to the gym, eating well. So yeah, I probably would have picked it up and I would have dipped in. But would I have maintained that habit? Stage. Yeah. yeah. Would I have maintained that habit? I don't know. Like I, that my yoga you know, everything would just fall by the wayside when I was drinking. Mm. Um, and that was one of the reasons, you know, because I'd had a strong meditation practice because I'd done all of these stuff in these periods of like, you know, clarity. Oh yeah. 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 Then I would really feel it doubly when, when I would start yes. drinking again. Cause I'd be like, Oh mate. And then I'd have to walk through this like inner knowing of where would you be if you'd have just kept doing that? Exactly. Yeah. 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 And that, and that's interesting to talk to that. People don't really realize, but some of the reason why we there's things that we used to love doing that we feel resistance to going back to. And a part of that very often is that deep inside of us, we have to acknowledge the fact of if I'd have kept doing this thing, I'd be really good at it. Well, mm-hmm. you've got two choices. You can let that, you can lean into the magic of that resistance and you can just say, do you know what? Okay. That is what it is. Self-compassion, grace. And you can go and do that thing you love doing, mm-hmm. or you can like butt against that resistance and you can, and you can walk away from it. So I would say, if you're feeling that, push through it and I don't know what you think like I feel like Ellie but often think like I nearly said what you feel like but if you push through that resistance once and you go to the thing and you do it oh yeah you realize the story that you've been carrying is complete bullshit most of the time you're like oh wow well yeah that was great like I really enjoyed that thing yeah yeah I mean this is the different this is the reason for the having the podcast Mm. to assist people with making their world and their life bigger as opposed to keeping yourself small. 
because I, I could have listened to the little voices telling me you're not experienced enough, you're not, you're not good enough to go to a specific kind of yoga class mm-hmm. uh, in lockdown. So when everything came online um, and, I, and I thought, no, fuck it, I'm going along to this. And um, I was then pushed into uh, postures <laughs> that, I've, that I've never tried before. And quite frankly, was terrified of doing home alone <laughs> without somebody to catch me. Um, but what did I do? I went along. I and, and this is, you know, into a group, an established group of people that all know each other. And you have that whole like social anxiety of they all know each other and I don't and I'm the new person and am I going to fit in and and just getting into that class now like if I look back now I've been going there consistently for the last uh, year year and a quarter I I finally in the summer got to meet some of the people that are in that class like face to face and and it was just the most wonderful experience not only has my yoga practice come on in so many ways and I don't just mean physically the things that I've learned and been able to incorporate my coaching practice into my life um it's just been expansive all the way around the community the friendship the connection but had I had I listened to that voice that said oh no you're not you're not good enough to go to that class you're not experienced enough um you have to push through that discomfort and Mm. go fuck it I'm going to go anywhere I'm going to fall on my ass and hurt myself I'm going to in inverted commas look like an idiot um because you know am I really that important that somebody else on that zoom class with you know 20 to 30 other people are they really watching me or are they just trying to not fall over themselves do you know what I mean yeah it's it's the big stick person thing like when we walk into a room we all feel like the big stick person but everyone's like that I've spoken about this before it's like we feel like we're the center of attention and everyone's looking at us it's like oh my god they're going to notice the over laugh or the this or the that or that I'm wearing the same shirt as Gary or whatever right but actually everyone feels like that so most people most people are so wrapped up in their own crap that they're not going to exactly I've, you know, I've, so- said, I've said this to so many coaching clients very gently with it with those coaching clients that know my um uh know my style and sense of humor I've said to a couple of them like do you really think you're that important yeah, like, who, do, who do you think we, you are yeah <laughs> yeah that's the thing like we create we could just create this internal world it's yeah. it's mad mm. um one th- thing that's really occurred to me that I think is really powerful is I think often we get stuck in ruts of repetitive like you know the things that seem available to us um, always seem to be the same so one thing I'd say is if you're asking the question of of, oh should I go to that thing of like you know we always talk about not shooting all over yourself but just Mm -hmm. asking the question I would say is an invitation to give it a go like you're obviously asking the question for a reason so why not give it a go Mm -hmm. the second thing is it can be really powerful to have um a framework by which to explore so very often if we're someone who's like grown up and we've always done athletics or sport or something like that we sort of get locked into these modes of what hobbies are and what hobbies are out there are available yeah and I think splitting things up into hands head and heart can be really really powerful so there can be like you know hobbies with your hands so you know it could be from you know (laughs) Play. Careful. I've got to tick the explicit content thing now. Actually, it's already it's already ticked. It's I, think fine. I said fuck You've already stuff. been swearing. Shocking. Um making clay pots, fuck's sake, for example. <laughs> you know, hobbies with your head, 
anything that involves some like real deep thinking um hobbies with your heart is like you know it could be like anything where you're in service where you're like going out there and you're helping other people um and you know how, you know obviously there's like the, the normal hobbies the normal hobbies but everything else out there the kind of like sports and the and the teamwork and everything um and it's amazing how if you have for example always gone and done sport just for you if you invite a bit of sport with a little bit of other stuff in there as well so you know maybe for me like bouldering is is head as well because you've got to think what you're yes. going to say <laughs> or like if you go and do like a team sport which has got some heart in there some community in there mm-hmm. it can open up a thing because we can always be like oh i just like running for me but go and yeah. experiment with doing it with a group of people like there's so much yeah. like for some people there's so much joy in that what what you said there about bringing in another angle to it is is so vital that was really interesting when you were saying about bouldering like how it, it brings in this strategic cognitive yeah. element. Um, that's a really interesting way to, you can apply that to anything that you do, can't you? So um, that can really reinvigorate something that you've only ever looked at sort of one dimensionally. Mm-hmm. It, it really opens it up. It really expands it. Um, I was thinking earlier on when I asked you about how you got into bouldering and that whole point about being receptive because this is the thing like so what we're talking about here is how you identify the things because Mm -hmm. often you know we're coming from this place of disconnection and not really knowing or not really sure what to do I've only ever ran I don't know yeah what what one of the things that I often will say to clients and was massively helpful for me was to think about what I enjoyed as a kid yeah and so uh, partly with my yoga practice and then latterly with getting more into gymnastics training. When I was a kid, I used to compete as a gymnast. I wasn't amazing, but I, I competed and I really enjoyed it. And was I think I was always just kind of amazed at what the human body can do. Um, and so that's that, that sort of that drive, that adventure and challenge, because I've got these big, I've got two strong leading values of adventure and personal development and so it was those those things that were driving me when I wanted to go to that yoga class and I wanted to try and do the really challenging um uh the really challenging pauses and when I've then thought about going back to gymnastics it's like it's the challenge it's the the thrill that I got as as a kid so earlier this year I did a couple of rounds of something called handstand club, which was bloody awesome that I could have just, I could have trained handstand on my own um, Mm. or I could have just continued to do it in my yoga class. The thing that was different about handstand club was a very, um, a very good teacher, very specific way of training, zooming with other handstanders. So again, you've got that community and that connection element and the accountability, being mm. there regularly, showing up, doing the work. And, and what, what do you get at the end of it? The results. And the results are, are incredible. And then that's then fed back into my yoga practice because now I feel much more um, uh, sturdy, <laughs> quite literally feel more sturdy than when I was falling on my ass because I, I had no idea what I was doing. I've built up a lot of strength that I didn't have before. And I've also built um, skill. So going back to what you used to enjoy as a kid can be really, really helpful. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it can also be just mining it for what, 
what it gave you. So if I, it's interesting you say that. So the thing that I was obsessed with when I was a kid was skateboarding, right? And me and my mates were pretty good. And so up until about, I don't know, maybe until I went to uni, I was always skating. We were always out and it saved us a lot of trouble. Interestingly, about 18 months ago, a couple of years ago, actually now, I think I decided I was going to get, try and get back into skate. I was going to skate to the gym. Right. So I bought myself a skateboard, got carried away, spent 200 quid on a skateboard because I was like, oh, my God, I, when I was a kid, I could never do this. It was like so I just went mental. Anyway, needless to say, I've used it twice. Uh, if anyone <laughs> wants a skateboard, reach out. Um, it's cool. art. Actually, it's going to hang on the wall. That's the plan. But interestingly, so, OK, so skating didn't wasn't it for me. I gave it a few goes and I'd realized, you know, it's not it. I didn't have the the mate stuff wasn't there. But if I think about that in comparison to bouldering, right, it's physical, right? You're out and about with people. There's the tactical element of like getting better and better at having harder and harder tricks. Um, there's the challenge. There's There was quite a lot of the stuff that appeals to me about bouldering was actually inbuilt into the skating thing as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's not necessarily the apparel. that. There you go, the apparel. Yeah, can't believe I said that. But the actual, um, like the actual thing itself even if you're like well i'm not going to bloody go skateboarding am i for goodness sake we'll mine it for why you used to love it and see if there's any signals or any like information in there dancing you know was it was it gymnastics was it was it painting you know what what was it that you used to enjoy um that's a really powerful question to ask is it's it's why getting curious why why did i like it what was it i liked about it hmm and I was just, I was just musing to myself how we've managed to, you know, we're pretty much, we've got probably about 10 minutes left to roll. Yeah. And we haven't, we haven't even talked about journaling or meditation yet. Boom. We're talking about habits and we haven't even talked about those. Those are the two things that are fundamentals for lots and lots of reasons. So do you think we need to have a little little chat about journaling and meditation and wonder how many eye rolls we're getting right now (laughs) well and this is the thing as well it's like hold judgment hold judgment maybe your story you know what you know what's the story that you've got in your head because now i was an english teacher for years i understand how people feel about writing for example but there's something magic journaling is magic because no matter how you do it and i'll talk to like different ideas here no matter how you do it there's something about getting brain brain dumping things onto paper it gives you a sense of objectivity where it's no longer in your yes. head. It's now on the yeah. paper. And you'll find that if you do it, it helps you sleep. You'll find that it helps you. And if you're someone, and I trust me, I would say more of the people that I work with on a day-to-day basis, um, this is true for more of them than not. They say, oh, I, I can't journal or I've tried and I'm it's not for me. And so what we do is we start really, really small. I'm always like, okay, we'll start with like a three-word story about your day. I literally... Grab your book, Monday. If you were going to write the story in three words, a happy story, what would it be? Um, And this is from an awesome book. I'll grab the title of it and link it in the show notes, but it's called Life Will See You Now. But the three words for me today would be, for example, um, uh, walk, because I I, essentially I walked Robin to to work. So walk, uh, podcast, and then this afternoon, it's probably going to be like, you know, coaching, right? And just start there. And then if you're inspired to expand on one of those one day, do it. Mm. Yeah. So just start expanding. And the more that you like start to do that little thing, I've got one, a one line a day journal I used to use as well. Just writing one sentence, the more you expand that, or maybe it's recording your voice. It doesn't have to be written. 
Mm. Or maybe it's grabbing a book and highlighting the five words that resonate with you that day. Mm. Yeah. So you're not Mm. actually writing, you're highlighting and you start to like build. It's about getting creative, like, and and really exploring these habits and like they build over time. But Mm. yeah, journaling is amazing. Wonderful. It's, it is. And I think it can often sound, I think the two things with journaling meditation is that I think people think that they're going to be bored doing it. And so that is often where the resistance comes from. But what it unlocks um, creatively and the the benefit for the nervous system is just like nothing else. There, there are not many practices where you can get stillness and solitude, and that's what you need more than anything. Mm-hmm. So journaling can uh, perform lots and lots of different functions. So just as you were saying, it's uh just as as a way of externalizing and getting all of the stuff that's in your head out of your head and onto paper so you can look at it objectively and you can then do the act technique or the work what you know whatever it is that you need to do if you if you identify automatic negative thoughts or any you know negative thinking any kind of bias in there and often you'll write something down and then like in my case, like I'll laugh at something that I've written down and think, God, I'd, you know, and now, now I see it in black and white, it's ridiculous. But when it's in my head and it's just, you know, left to run uh, unsupervised in my head, it can take over how you feel because thoughts create feelings. So often just the process of externalizing can be very, very cathartic and helpful yeah. to, get the, to get into that observer mode and to be able to, set yourself apart from your thinking and your mind um it gives you the opportunity to work on the things that you want to work on sorry you were just about to say something yeah you just triggered that you know that experience where you're trying to solve something and you just can't quite get there and then you start a dialogue with someone and about a minute into it you're like boom that's it yeah exactly yeah. yeah the same thing happens when you're journaling because it just buys you space in your head it's like the space that was taken up is now yeah. you can stop worrying about it it's on paper and it gives you the the some brain some yeah. brain width some bandwidth back bandwidth. exactly exactly and if, it's yeah sorry i was just gonna say it's, it's, it's relieving capacity right so mm. working um, memory you you can and then you can let those things go and you might let them go for good or you might just let them go temporarily but you've got something to come back to what one of the things that I'll often do before a call or you know if I'm like if I'm about to come and talk to you Sam on and we're about to record on here if I can feel that sort of that that tension that busyness in my mind I will go and just write the things down Mm. because then they're out of my head they're not occupying space they're not taking away the precious space that I need and I can come back to them later and they mm-hmm. might still need doing or attending to, or they might not. But it's it's such a, a simple practice. It's free and it can be so, so valuable. And not only do you get all of the cognitive benefit from it, but it also, it also serves as a, as a somatic practice. So the very nature of, you know, linking your head and your heart and your so you're all the three bits you were talking about earlier sam mm. and then you are writing it's a it's a physical practice mm-hmm. and it can be very calming and very nourishing to the nervous system and i think that the important thing is to go in it with uh not really any expectation of what's going to come out the other side of it and just mm-hmm. just be open 
interested, curious, and just see what it can open up for you. Yeah, and 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 by the way, the metric isn't being good at it. There's to me, there's no metric of being good at journaling. Journaling is about you know half of what I write is bloody gobbledygook, like it's complete weird stuff that comes out. And I think a lot of people, if you're someone that doesn't want to keep the end product mm. and you don't want to look at it or you're worried someone's going to look at it, get rid of it. The, the, the magic, you don't have to keep it. The magic can be the process as well of like literally yes. burn it if you want. Mm. Um, it's just getting it out um, and start small, you know, and, and to anyone, a, a real deep message to anybody who's, who's struggled with sleep as I have a lot Um if you're somebody who finds the ruminating mind and that you're in fight or flight and you can feel things ticking around in your head, you know, if you suffer from OCD, like if you've, if OCD or ADHD or something is part of your story, um, you know, it's been incredibly powerful for me in navigating that really, really helpful in just allowing me to put that stuff on paper and sort of say to myself, okay, it's there. Now you are allowed, you are allowed to give yourself the gift of just going to sleep and not thinking about this stuff over yeah. and over. Mm. And I know that if I don't journal on the night, um, my sleep will, will, will is always better on the nights that I journal. Mm. And interestingly, mm. for all of the courses I've done, and, and I really get really interested about looking at high performers and people that are very good in their fields, um, almost always a pattern of recognition across all of them is either they call it either journaling or brain dumping or, or whatever it be. Um, this is something that it comes up again and again and again for anybody who is st- who needs to stay sane in a, in a world that is crazy. Be it top business people, top sports people, top you know anyone. So it's it's cool. It's a cool thing to do. It is, and I know in my own experience, I've found that there will be things that come up mm-hmm. unexpectedly. And the same with meditation, actually. Sometimes after sitting for meditation, some some things will come up. And this happens when, when the brain has the opportunity to like take a, a, a sigh of relief. Things do come up. And I would just encourage you not to be scared of the things that come up. Because again, I think that's some of the resistance. I don't really want to write because I'm frightened of what I'm going to find. It's like opening Pandora's box. What, what I've noticed in my own experience is that sometimes things have come up and I've gone with it and I've gone deeper and, and I've resourced myself up with, you know, whatever I needed to be able to process the thing effectively or to a point. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I thought I'll come back to that. And sometimes I've gone back to it and sometimes I haven't. Mm-hmm. And sometimes things have come up that I thought would be, or that, th- th- at the time I've thought, God, that's too, like, I can't, I can't deal with that right now. Mm-hmm. And then it's just taken the sting out of it. And I've not actually felt the need to go back to it. So I just think it has the capacity to heal so much, no matter how, yeah. you know, got to your point of there's no right or wrong way to do it. Right. And no, nobody has to read it, but just the very practice and getting into the habit of doing it and doing it consistently, because uh, I know again for sure that, uh, and this is very generalized, I feel better when I am consistent with my journaling practice. Mm-hmm. I feel shitter when I'm not <laughs> consistent with my journaling practice. And it and it's not like you know that I'm writing some kind of novel or anything. Some some days it's a paragraph and it's not much at all. It's just the process. It's yeah. the habit. It. And, and notice when you do it, notice how, how it makes you feel. 
And one of the little thing that I just wanted to mention, because you talked about destroying it. Um, in my childhood, I was a painter. Just, you know, the, 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 the creative spark, the artist in me is being reignited as we speak. I'm really getting back into Ooh. that as well as my handstand, we're painting in handstand. Um, one thing that you can do is if you have a, a poignant piece of journaling, but you don't necessarily want to read it again, you don't want anybody else to read it. You could just paint over mm. it yeah, so that you can, so that you can keep it. You know, only you, only, you know, what's behind it, but you, you know, it's, it's almost like a, a, a symbolic um, practice, something that you can mm. keep, you, you know, what's, what's there. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to offer that one. That's amazing. Nice one. There's magic here. There are some things in life where we say to ourselves, do you know what? I think I want to outsource a bit of help here. I want to go and talk to someone about this or, you know, but there are times when much like a wound, um, if we continue to put the bandaid on. So if we're like, no, I don't want to, I'm, I'm worried to go there. I'm worried to go there. I'm going to keep covering this up. Mm. Um, you know, it, it takes longer to heal. If we take the bandaid off, often that can just be just getting it on paper then we start to let air there and things start to heal over. And that just that process, we are naturally, we can be our own awareness can be its own therapy. Mm. There is so much magic and beauty in just holding the present moment and just being there's an intelligence in all of us. That's deep and it's not us. It's deeper than that. And just sitting in space and just looking at something often, it will start healing itself. Um, and, you know, logically we're like, Oh, I don't want to go there. I don't want to bring it up, but but yeah, I've had similar experiences, Ellie. And then there's other things where you might decide that you want to go and like talk to someone yeah. about that or whatever. But it's light. It feels it's like Megan would say, you know, the work is the joy. This stuff can feel heavy. But as we start, we become a lighter person because of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, yeah, and yeah. And I think that that lightness entirely depends upon your intention mm -hmm. and how you apply yourself. Um. I, uh, it's interesting because I thought this was going to be a two-parter and I now think it's going to be a three-parter. Goodness gracious I, me. I know, and it's going to be fucking epic. Um, <laughs> I th the reason I think it's going to be a three-parter, Sam, is um, uh, in all transparency, I need a wee, <laughs> not just that. Um, I've got to go pick the kids up from school. Um, but there, there are, there are, we've kind of gone into territory around this, point about stillness and solitude yes and we wouldn't be we wouldn't be doing our job properly if we didn't give sufficient time to things like meditation and I don't Agreed. want to kind of rush meditation in five minutes because again it's it's one like journaling that that it, it can feel like there are so many barriers to entry and really it can be very, very simple. It's free. Again, it's another free one. Mm. Although there are paid resources if you want to go there. Uh, so, I, so what I'd really like to do is get into meditation and why meditation is so helpful. Because I, I really do think that those, those two practices are kind of like baseline, get these in, mm -hmm. and then you can flourish with all of the other things that you like to do, whether it's cheese tasting, bouldering skateboarding like Sam <laughs> whether it's handstands splits and painting like me so I think our next episode let's let's cover off uh, let's cover off um meditation let's talk a little bit more about some ideas of variety 
so that we've got lots of different offerings of things for people to try. And then we'll get round to episode three, which will be about how the bloody hell you fit this stuff in and do it consistently mm. and what happens over time. And... Tips and tricks for like making sure the ones that are good, are like fit into you and who you are and stick. Yeah. Basically. So, so instead of when you get the, the craving for a glass of wine or Toblerone, how do you get, get, uh, you know, how do you override that and get mm. into your healthy habits, whatever it is? Cause I like, I, I just recognize that, I know that people have said to me at times, well, there are, there are certain things that, like if you're in a stressful situation and you are having to do something, you can drink at the same time as it, or you can shove chocolate in your face at the same time as it, whereas you can't necessarily, you know, light all your candles and have your bubble bath whilst doing it. And children's a great example. Like when you've got children around, try to meditate with children going, you know, running riot. It's very, very difficult. So there's lots of things to talk about in terms of mm-hmm. how you how you set these ha- habits up, how you make them work, but recognizing that fundamental point about you are drinking or eating Toblerone or whatever it is to feel a certain kind of way. So how are you going to get to feel the way that you want to feel with true self-care yeah. and nourishing habits? It doesn't make you hate yourself in the morning or have a pounding headache. Mm. Yeah. All right, mate. I'm looking forward to that. Right. I need a wee as well now. <laughs> I'm just going to hit this button because otherwise, you know what we're like, we'll start another conversation and we'll still be here and your kids will be at school going, mommy, oh, where are you? <laughs> Right. Have a lovely week, team. Um, as ever, thank you for tuning in. You are rock stars. We love you. We love you. Bye. So there we have it. Habits part one. Loads of fun. And we're going to really extend the kind of uh, discussion around the foundational pieces and habits that me and Ellie have next next week. So make sure you come back for that one because it's going to be absolutely fab. And there's so much to explore here. And it's such an important just piece of the puzzle. Um, awesome. In some more exciting news... Um, myself, Sam Goldfinch, will be coaching on the This Naked Mind Live alcohol experiment in November. So if you are looking to just kind of experiment with what 30 days um, away from alcohol might look like, and look, this isn't a challenge. This isn't, you've got to do 30 days or you're booted out. And No, no, no. This is an experiment, right? This is about coming and figuring out what's possible, you know, is alcohol impacting you in ways that you didn't understand it's going to give you access to loads of different amazing inspiring tnm coaches and mentors and content and it's just such a fantastic place to hang out for a month so i would absolutely love to see you there i'm going to drop a link below the podcast so that if you want to come and sign up you absolutely can do um but it's it's so fun i'm so excited to to be in that group and to have the privilege of uh, of coaching in there so wherever you are where even if you've been alcohol free for years and you're you know just come and see what it's like if you're if you're early on your journey if you've never been alcohol free what an amazing way to explore what even a few days away might uh, how that might help you and serve you create this bigger life awesome team have a great week please do all those lovely things you always do leave us a review they're really really helpful the facebook group is ready and waiting for you we're going to welcome you with open arms um and yeah just uh keep being awesome